Right now, I'm continuing my conversation, though, on um, density, zoning changes in the city of Calgary. Uh, we all know, we've heard city council talking about this extensively, um, increasing density within inner city neighborhoods and along major transit corridors is a big part of future planning for the city of, Cal for the city of Calgary. But is there a way around it for property owners that many of you may not be aware of? If you're just joining us, we've already devoted a half an hour to this subject. Even if the city changes zoning in your neighborhood, if you have a restrictive covenant on your property, you may not have to follow the zoning changes. There's a group of Calgary property owners right now thinking they may jump on this. The homeowners uh, live in the southwest communities of Eagle Ridge, Kelvin Grove, and Chinook Park. That's near the Rocky View General Hospital as a locator for you. And they're definitely considering using a massive amount of people in their neighborhoods, putting restrictive covenants on their properties as a way to avoid any potential future city of Calgary zoning changes trying to increase density in their neighborhoods. Ward 11 City Councillor Courtney Penner is joining us this afternoon to discuss this. Councillor Penner is where these uh, three communities, these people are uh, planning to band together to try and do something to avoid any future Calgary zoning changes. Councillor Penner, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Ted. Uh, off the top, I have to get your reaction to this. It seems like a bit of an end around here, but I mean, what are, what are your thoughts, Councillor? Um, well... I, I really struggle with this one, um, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I've spoken to a number of residents in the community, you know, both those who are wanting to look at the restrictive covenants and those maybe who aren't in favor of them. And, and what I hear is consensus that, you know, people love their neighborhood um, and that this is, you know, driven in part from that desire to keep the things that they love about it. Um, but then don't necessarily or aren't necessarily looking forward to, you know, what are the other ways to keep good things in the neighborhood or what they, what good could they be preventing um, by putting a restrictive covenant in place? Um, and so, you know, part of my role in this is, is to say actually as neutral as possible and to listen to all sides of the story. It's interesting that uh, I, I understand what you're saying, Councillor, about, you know, people just wanting to kind of keep their neighborhood as they love it so much. Um, but could this set a dangerous precedent um, for the city of Calgary, considering, I mean, I mean, the city has big plans, right, to increase density in the inner city neighborhoods. And could this set a precedent that you may see other uh, communities kind of following suit, you know? I am. I'm always cautious with the word precedent, right? Because it's really a legal term and, and we tend to use it as if it's sort of this, you know, everyday thing that always happens, right? When one person does something, everybody does it. I mean, we don't talk about skinny jeans, you know, being precedent, right? We just talk about it as being fashionable. And so I think when it comes to land use, I think what we've seen is land uses too have come in and out of fashion. Um, and what we once thought were good practice, good practices and good planning principles, we no long, we now understand they're no longer, you know, the best way to build a sustainable and resilient city. Um, so, so I'm cautious with the word precedent. Um, and what I think is that there are going to be 
communities who have a means and communities who don't, and communities who have an interest in communities that don't. I mean, putting a restrictive covenant on your title isn't, you know, isn't the costly thing. It's defending the restrictive covenant. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. So if I put it on my house and then you come along and you say, whoa, whoa, Ted, I want to challenge that because I don't think it's reasonable, then I'm forced as the homeowner to defend it? Well, so it's more that, you know, if I put a, um, you know, a restrictive covenant on my parcel and you put a restrictive covenant on your parcel and one day I sell my house and somebody new moves in and they want to do something different on the property, you can legally challenge that new person. And that is where the cost gets incurred. And so what it is, is actually it's protecting your property by limiting what other properties can do. That's what, and that's why restrictive covenants are also seen in groups and not on individual properties. They're seen on, on clusters of properties because it holds accountability um, and it holds a relationship between those properties. Do you think do you think there's a bit of an unfair divide here, counselor, um, between uh, some communities in the city where uh, the demographic can afford to have restrictive covenants in place to keep their you know community exactly as they see fit regarding density, and there are other communities where people cannot? Yeah, like I said, you know, the restrictive covenant in and of itself isn't what costs money. It is the cha- it's the legal challenge that costs money. So I think a restrictive covenant is like twenty. $40, something like that. Like it's not, it doesn't cost much to, to put a restrictive covenant on your title. Again, where that, that cost comes in is, you know, how do you legally defend it? And so, yeah, you need financial means to legally defend a restrictive covenant. And so, yeah, absolutely. Communities who have a higher median income are more likely to have disposable income to put towards a legal challenge. Yeah. I should remind everyone, I'm chatting with uh, Councillor Courtney Penner. Uh, Courtney Penner, of course, is the city councillor on uh, the councillor on city council for Ward 11. Um, a couple of people in uh, Councillor Penner's um, ward right now uh, are talking about putting group restrictive covenants in place as a way to getting around the city, potentially down the road, increasing um, density in their neighbourhood. And, and Councillor, as as a member of a, a board, essentially, who's trying to do what's best for the entire city and the tax base and, you know, that type of thing. Um, and I know that the city of Calgary does have a plan about increasing density, you know, the closer we get to downtown and, of course, to transit lines. Is is it frustrating at all uh, where, where you have certain groups that are trying to resist what may be, you know, g- better for the for the entire city? I think what frustrates me is that different communities are going to be subject to the market pressures of land use changes in different ways. And I would argue that the majority of the properties in these neighborhoods um, are not going to be subject to those market pressures based on things like the house size that currently exists, the state of the property that already exists, the cost to acquire land, um, the, 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 situation of the parcels in relation to each other you know they're they tend to be on curvier streets versus kind of the grid structure um so there's (laughs) there's a lot of reasons you know just even from a market driver perspective where these communities are most likely going to be naturally immune to some of this or a large majority of it's going to be naturally immune 
And so it frustrates me because the conversation is pitting neighbors against neighbors and communities against communities. Uh, and, and it's really not achieving some of those other goals that we want to do in the city. And we're focusing the, uh, the narrative on a single issue as opposed to when we think about planning, we think about more than just land use. We think about connections, you know, pedestrian corridor connections, mobility connections, access to transit. Um, you know, there's so many other things when we talk about planning at a high city level um, around achieving our objectives that are more than just you know, the number of persons per hectare. It's really about how do we place people next to services and amenities, you know, that we already have. How do we keep schools open? How do we keep rec programs thriving? How do we keep libraries, you know, funded um, per capita? There's, there are lots of things that, you know, we try to achieve through planning that is more than just like a number on a piece of paper. It's really about, you know, people being able to move through their community through different ages and stages. And we know the planning that was done in the 50s through the 70s for a lot of neighborhoods. Um, they just, they, they don't carry that same community cycling um, that can properly support community infrastructure and amenities the way that new communities are being built. And so we're going through a planning evolution and change in neighborhoods. Councillor Penner, I, I always appreciate your insights on issues like this. Thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> for having me that's ward 11 city councillor courtney penner um it's in her ward it's in her ward right now that a group of residents are talking about using uh, rc's restrictive covenants on their properties these are people living in eagle ridge kelvin grove and chinook park as a way of avoiding any future possible zoning changes to increase density in their neighborhoods